0: From BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota, this is the Bethany Vikings Podcast, hosted by Brock Aker and Gabe States. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Bethany Vikings Podcast. I'm joined by Gabe States here. We have a great interview with Coach Lyle Jones, fresh off his three-peat championship. We're trying to get him a Little earlier, right after that championship, but uh, he went up to Colorado for a little bit of a celebration. And but now he came back, and we had a good about 20 minute conversation with him, so stay tuned for that one. There's not much to get to this week, is there, Gabe? A lot of cancellations, not a lot going on in the Bethany campus, but we kind of expected that with COVID 19. It's we kind of expected, you know, what not every week you're guaranteed a game,
1: yeah, right? COVID 19 has especially hit the soccer teams hard here. Um, the next two. Matches for both the men's and women's team, I believe, have been canceled or postponed. And then the weather, too, has not cooperated this week for baseball and softball. Um, Kind of a a tough week, but better weather is ahead. So hopefully teams can stay healthy, get healthy, and enjoy the nice weather, play some good spring action.
0: Yeah, the only real game uh, for volleyball, they only had one game against Crown College, and they, they had a big win. 3-1. Three to one, they broke their three-game losing streak, and how big was that for them, Gabe?
1: Yeah, I think it's big, especially when you look at the upcoming schedule. They've got two winnable matches coming up uh, that are scheduled, at least right now, against North Central, who is two and seven, and Northland, who is two and five. Uh, the North, excuse me, the the UMAC tournament is scheduled to begin on Monday, April fifth. So, hopefully, you can get those two wins. If they do that, they'd improve to 4-4, four and four, sitting at 2-4 and four right now on the season. Going back to the crown game, what were some highlights there, Brock?
0: Alexis Morshing, career-high 15 kills. Cassidy Chachka had 14 as well. Those two combined for 29 kills. That's, that's a pretty good, solid uh, sum right there at the top.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, you love to see the success build on each other. Uh, volleyball is such a fantastic team game. Um, kind of contagious, like hitting in baseball or softball or making or missing free throws in basketball, you just love to see it when it, when a team goes on a run, especially when it's your hometown Bethany Vikings.
0: So how is there this big of a difference? Cheyenne Owens, she averages, what, like 30 assists a game? It seems like she had 36 assists. The next one was Maddie, Maddie Henniger with five. So what is really the difference gave with that assist? Is how is Cheyenne being uh, so special right now?
1: Hey, that's part of the practice of, of a volleyball team. That's the way they're, they set up. They try to get the ball on the first set to Cheyenne Owens, uh, who can then set it to to a player who's going for a kill. And so that's the way the rotation is set. That's how uh, Coach Olinson wants it. And we've seen Cheyenne Owens really excel in that situation. That's why she's put in that situation so often.
0: And it's good that they have so much chemistry. Cassidy Chachka and Alexis Morshing, both sophomores. Cheyenne Owens, a sophomore. That threesome seems like they have... Things going, clicking on all cylinders, and they'll be here another couple of years. So it should be uh, good for the Vikings, like you said, two games this week, hopefully winnable. If they can go 500 with this young of a team and make this weird, awkward spring season and get them um, just the playing time, because some of these players didn't play a lot last year. Obviously, they're young just to develop. I think this could provide some confidence for our Bethany women's volleyball team. All right, we'll go to the only other game that happened this week. And it just happened today, of the podcast. this Sunday evening, the Bethany Vikings played Gustavus on Sunday because their JV games against Gustavus on Wednesday didn't happen. Their games against McAllister got canceled. Their games against, what was it, Osberg got canceled. So a lot of games that got canceled. However, they did get two in just today at Gustavus. What happened, Gibb?
1: Well, what we saw again, um, despite the two losses, was good pitching. Seven runs spread throughout 15 innings. That's what we've seen a lot so far this season. And uh, we still saw a struggling bats. So I know we talked about it last week, or I talked about it last week, how it'd be nice to get the bats going. So far, that hasn't happened yet, but still nice to see the pitching step up big.
0: Yeah, Adam Fierstead, another solid five innings of work, two earned runs. It's a seven inning game, so I think that would qualify. Um, for a quality start, right, when you look at an MLB, it's when you can go six-plus innings, giving up three less runs. I would say give going five innings, giving up two earned runs, I would say that's a quality start. Would you agree with a seven-inning game?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say so. I think you'll take that every time. I think it gives your team a great chance to win, which is really what you're looking for as a starting pitcher.
0: Then the Vikings dropped one in extra innings in game two. They lost four to three. They had a three-run, three-inning Um, But they only scored one inning. Uh, I guess when you combine the 15 innings they played, they only scored in one inning. Uh, What needs to happen for their bats to maybe score a little bit more to help their pitching staff who's been strong?
1: Well, hitting is contagious, and we saw that in in the third inning today, stringing together a few doubles. We've seen that at times throughout the course of the season, but it's tough to do much when when you're not getting consistent hits. Uh, Three hits total in the second of today's game, uh, today, this Sunday, against Gustavus. So you're just looking for, for guys to put together competitive at-bats? 17 strikeouts today, that's too much.
0: Yeah, at least make them make a play to get you out, right? Gustavus in that game, they had three airs. So even just putting the bat on the ball and at least making them try to get you out. You talked about how big it is for pitching staffs to not walk. And our strikeout-to-walk ratio for our pitchers is very good, and that's how we're we're playing pretty good, uh, uh, pitching the baseball. But I think if we can get some just the bat on the ball a little more, like you said, make them make plays, uh, good things can happen. Again, we talked about Bethany. They have a very tough schedule to start the game. St. John's won their conference two years ago. Gustavus is a very solid team in their own right. They're 6-1 and now. So it's nice to see our pitching staff. Uh, still dialing it in. So there's still good things to take away, even this week in the two games that they lost. Um, But obviously, I think Bethany and I know Coach Craig and Wally, they want to win some of these games here. Uh, So hopefully they can uh, come up this week and start maybe a win streak. They got a chance against Wednesday against McAllister. And then they're off again a little longer. So they only have, I guess, one series here until you go back to April 10th. So They have some time to maybe work on some drills as well here to try to get the bats going and see if we can go three straight uh, UMAC champions like the women's did.
1: Yep, those McAllister games uh, have been canceled for this Wednesday, but they will be back on Monday, April 5th against Gustavus. But that's a
0: JV game. Holy cow. So, yeah, the Concordia game, they don't play until Concordia unless something comes up. April 10th? Holy That There's 31 days in March, right? Correct. So, wow, they're off now. 13 days I guess that's the COVID season Uh, I with that being canceled you got the Easter break I guess that makes sense but uh I think you'll see a lot of the fundamentals here uh see what the the team can really do to try to wake up those bats man
1: yeah and hopefully as the weather gets warmer the bats will wake up especially playing against UMAC conference teams uh which we start to see middle of April
0: Brent Fowler had two hits today. Jake Laburge has been pretty strong as well. He got a nice hit in RBI uh, in the game, uh, in the second game today. So hopefully the Vikings, you got Ross Bamer who got a hit as well. So maybe those leaders, Ross and LaBurge, can uh, show some leadership here and hopefully get the younger bats going as well. The Vikings, again, they're off until April, which is a Saturday, April 10th. So they'll be off for a little while against Davis. They play JV Monday. So a little bit of a break there. Tennis, which I'm in, we were supposed to play Duluth, but there was a, a little bit of a, a COVID incident here that was up in the air that we just decided not to head out to Duluth, because um, we'd be driving some vans, man, and that it could spread. So we just made the, the conscious decision, and we rescheduled that here in the third week of April. This week, though, they pl- we play against Martin Luther on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Um, so Martin Luther is a team that was kind of at the bottom of the conference last two years ago, I guess. You have to go back two years because we didn't have a conference at all last year season. Um, So it should be a little bit more competitive than uh, we were against Superior. So I'm excited to see what our team can do and that both men's and women's, I think, have a chance to hopefully get a win. Anything else you'd like to add, Gabe, before our legendary interview with the one and only Coach Lyle Jones? This is his third time on the Bethany Vikings podcast, and this is his third time on a podcast in general. He loves doing the show. We love having him come on and it's a good one so right up next here is head women's basketball coach lyle jones we're now joined by head coach of the women's basketball lyle jones how are you feeling here
2: today lyle it feels pretty good Uh, the tension uh, during the season was pretty high it's always hard to just go there once but uh to try to defend it for the third time is is pretty hard so the the pressure is on the girls on the coaching staff and uh, so it's always good when it happens that you you win, and then it, it's just a relief afterwards.
0: And you just told me you got the vaccine. I feel like things are st- <laughs> starting to kind of go normal. Do you think hopefully by – what are your thoughts in the winter? It's hard to predict this, but do you think you'll be having a test and go through all this again next year?
2: You know, I just – I think it was yesterday I heard uh, they're opening up for Minnesota in March for everyone to get vaccinated. So uh, I'm thinking by, you know, May – for sure, you, you might be looking at everyone in the whole country being vaccinated, and so that'll definitely turn the, the tide on that.
1: We sure hope so. Um, I'm going to jump right in. Take us through your thoughts as the fourth quarter is playing out of <laughs> the championship game in North Central, and your lead was slowly slipping away.
2: Well, you know, we had worked a little bit on the press uh, during the year. Not a lot, just because... we. We ended up with 10 games. There was a lot of stuff you couldn't put in ahead of time this year. You just didn't have time to work on it besides being in pods, out of pods, in small groups, and so forth. So that was weighing on our mind. Uh, we also knew we had some experience. But as we got into that fourth quarter towards the end, um, Hannah Geisfeldt fouled out. She did that uh, last year in a big game in the national tournament, and we won that one. And so I think that part of it, uh, we weren't very nervous at all. In fact, we looked out on the floor. I did, for sure. I know my assistant did because we talk about it afterwards. And we had four freshmen and one sophomore on the floor, and, or junior. And um, and we still felt really confident in what we were doing. And um, we had a young lady, uh, Taryn Christensen, who had been coming on this year big time. And uh, she was on the floor, and she's she uh, plays defense very uh, just jumping around she's moving she's got uh, a lot of speed and quickness out there and she ended up getting a steal which I think really helped solidify that win um, and put put a couple of free throws in uh, Sarah Kotke I remember I think there was three minutes left we took a timeout, um, and as we left the huddle I grabbed her and I said you've got to score and she's one that always likes to defer you know and, but she can score. I mean, she's going to be a great player. She was freshman player of the year this year in the UMAC. And uh, she scored, I think it was four to six points in a row. And so we, we felt confident, even though we had some young kids out there. Um, I think you're, those young players always fall back on practice, and we practice situations like that too. So, um it just worked out well for us, and I, we really weren't that nervous.
1: Yeah, Sarah Kaki <clears throat> was terrific late in that game. Um, she was, looked very confident in the post, scored a couple times. She was going back and forth. Uh, what did you see from some other players as the season progressed, uh, in, especially in the newcomers, uh, Ashanti Boykin, Sarah Kaki we mentioned, and Ashley Shindel? She also came up big in that game.
2: Ashley came up big. Um, the game before Northwestern, she didn't play at all. Um, she is just learning the system, even though she played at Waldorf and transferred in. She had uh, just a ton of deficiencies, uh, um, and not to her fault. You know, She had to learn to play in a, a system where you share the ball post-touch first before you shoot, uh, just a lot of things. And then her defense, we had to really work on her defense all year, and she had gradually been getting better every day in practice. And so we wish we would have had 10 more games Uh, I think we had you know we ended up with 10 and I think North Central had over 25 so to win it with only nine games under your belt is pretty hard but Ashley had been coming along she's a great shooter Uh, she shoots the ball correctly some people say well she shoots like a guy well guys shoot it correctly she shoots it correctly Um, and then Ashante you talked about her from day one we thought you know she might be undersized for us and she came in, and she just plays hard. Uh, she understands the game very well, who to get the ball to, when and where and how, uh, when to take her shot. Uh, so she also had come along. And so when, we, when we're looking out there, the previous question, when we look out there, we thought, well, we're pretty solid. You know, We've got some nice players out there. We, we know what they can do in practice, and sometimes our practices are harder than our games. Our girls will say that to us. And so we felt comfortable with that. But with Ashante and and, um, Ashley and Taryn coming along, um, we felt pretty good even in those last few minutes there. So it's – and then as we look forward, um, we're looking pretty good for next year too with those players. To go back to that fourth quarter
0: of your championship game, you talked about you always prepare for situations like that. Do you prepare for – we don't like to call out refs on this podcast, but <laughs> do you prepare for, like, calls, like, in practice like that? Because it seemed like they are going to the line every time. Um, but you guys kept your composure, and like you said, Sarakotki had some big shots down the stretch. Um, what were your thoughts on that fourth quarter on uh, how you guys battled back from maybe some questionable calls?
2: Well, we, we always approach it um... – in games, we really don't pay attention to the to the officials. They're going to call whatever they call. Sometimes they miss things that are in your advantage too. So, But in practice, uh, our, some of our post players always get upset with us because we don't make any calls. Well, there's people hanging on Hannah's arms as she's going up and shoving her and pushing her, and she's looking, is that a foul? No. Uh, now unless she's going to be a, a, the senior – They understand by the time they're juniors, they're not getting any fouls in practice. Um, In fact, they might uh, get a lot of fouls on the defensive end, so we try to get them to move their feet more. So they're kind of used to whatever happens in a game. Um, And then clock situations, we run some of those too, where there's three seconds left, you're up five or four or down two and things like that. So they're pretty well prepared. Um, they. Well, I'm kind of proud of them that they really don't pay attention to the officials whatsoever.
1: Uh, going back to the very last play in the game, did you even know what they had called on that tipped or maybe not tipped out-of-bounce pass? The North Central coach seemed quite confused. I was confused watching it. I'm like, okay, North Central's going to get another crack at this. and then
2: We had no idea. I absolutely thought it was their ball because we were at an angle where we couldn't see anything. In fact, we didn't even know what happened when they were taken out of bounds. Uh, later, I found out from um, people watching from TV, uh, they said, yeah, it was tipped and it was your ball. But uh, that was a huge turning point, because we were setting up and getting ready for you know, a defensive scheme on them and so forth. I was also getting ready to call a timeout if they would have inbounded that before they inbounded that. And then when they pointed our way, I thought, well, I think we've got this one.
0: <laughs> uh, going back to the season you talked about, you didn't have many games played compared to other teams, and I think that really showed itself a little bit against Northwestern. Um, they kind of been your Achilles heel, but how much did it mean to you, especially with Hannah and Abby not having their uh, career end in Northwestern? They got that win, which set up obviously another UMAC tournament championship.
2: I mean, that was a, a, a total team effort there. Um, I can't remember. I think Hannah still had over 20-something or whatever, uh, probably double figures in rebounds. Uh, Abby didn't have a, a great offensive night, but she did get eight rebounds. So, And we always preach rebound, rebound, rebound. Defense is going to win the games for us. Um, the girls really really wanted to win that one. We did, too. Um, the ones that that really broke their back was uh, Laura Ellinghusen. Uh, We have a drill in practice we run. It's called red light, green light. And if you get the green light in it, you can shoot in games. And if you don't get in the green, you can't. Um, And she's always right on the cusp. She's just not a great shooter in that drill. But she dropped two threes almost back-to-back, almost similar plays where the ball was penetrated and kicked out. And that kind of broke the the back there, and uh, I, I did take a peek down on the second one she shot, and you could just tell it devastated them. Um, so, but she contributed uh, more than what she usually scores. A lot of people stepped up in that game, so it was it was a good game, and it's always fun playing them. They got a great coach with Aaron, and uh, uh, both programs really respect each other. We respect like Morris too. There's, I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, rivalries but also a lot a ton of respect for each team too
1: you mentioned it in your post-game uh, press conferences but it seemed like the defense really turned it on at the right time in the season how challenging was it to put it all together as a team in time for the tournament
2: this was the hardest i've had in any year i've ever coached uh, just the fact that you don't have those games or those practices uh, to be able to evaluate players and get things put in Um, extremely hard to do Uh, as far as the defense coming through we stress that a lot in practice if you go back to the year before I think our last four games we held people under 52 and as you go down the stretch that's something as a coach you really like to see as your defense really pick up because that's what's going to win it.
0: Going back to kind of like that red light, green light, the unselfishness, you said Sarah Kotke is kind of a little more reserved. We had her on the podcast and uh, (laughs) we asked her how uh, she's taken that role coming off the bench when at high school, obviously she's a great player starting and she was really unselfish. She said, whatever helps the team I'm for Uh, when I'm ready to start, when a coach thinks I'm ready to start, I'll be ready and I'll be excited. How have you built this culture of unselfishness
2: and really uh, team first? You know, it starts in a number of ways. One, one is that we try to target kids as we recruit uh, and ask them, what do you want to be in college and so forth? And if they go to the side of, yeah, I just want to score a lot of points and win and I want to be the main man and so forth, we tend to shy away from those kids. Uh, we let them first know what we're about, and it's about team. Uh, it's about a sisterhood, uh, helping your fellow teammate out and so forth. Uh, My assistant coach preaches, be a good teammate all the time. And I always preach, it's about the program. And if you're not about the program, you're going to have a hard time playing here. So they buy into that. Um, I think if you had asked Hannah, you're going to score two points and you're going to play three minutes, but we're going to go to the national tournament, she'd say, let's do it. Um, Our post players with Natasha Young. There's some games she knows the matchups not right. She's not gonna play a lot, and that happens a lot with all of our players, uh, even with Ashante this year. You know, with her speed and quickness, we had to tell Gus, you know, this this game you might not see too much playing time because we really need to shut this player down, and they buy into it. And I think it's because you also get that success going, and everyone contributes. Um, and then we preach that in practice too that. Of the three national tournaments here, we would have never made it without our bench. Never made it. They they practice hard. They're the scout team and practice a lot, and uh, it just all comes together. And it's it's fun to coach teams that way.
1: Give us some words to describe your graduating senior class with Natasha, Melody, Emily, Emily, uh, Bethany, and obviously Hannah and Abby.
2: Yeah, that's a ton. <laughs> I don't know if I want to look at next year here yet too soon, but yeah, it's a ton. Uh, from when they've come in, they've worked so hard, every one of them. Uh, some playing more than others, some starting, some not playing much at all. Um, you know, like Mel and Beth, they didn't play much at all for us in the four years, but without them, I don't know what way we'd be do. They could have been great captains, and we usually have our captains, kids that start or play. Um but they help the younger kids. Uh, Just an example, last year we're on our mid-season, and uh, Mel is in uh, pre-practice with a group of freshmen that are post players, helping them learn plays and teaching them the system, knowing that that kid's probably going to take playing time from her. And that tells you a lot about a kid right there. And they're all that way, and it's just uh, they'll do anything for the program. And I think it, that also not only starts with us, you know, instilling that, but also I think it starts with their parents and their coaches in high school uh, that have helped them develop that type of attitude. So we're gonna miss them dearly. Um, so it's it's, uh, but we you always each year you just regroup, reload, and and go again. So. In fact, I'm meeting with uh, uh, scrying here, uh, Emily, for lunch. And so uh, you always stay connected with your former players and uh, hope the best for them too. You've obviously
0: coached <clears throat> a lot uh, in your career at different levels. Uh, you're talking right before this podcast about how a coach told you that there's no way to guard Hannah, and you said that's correct. <laughs> um, what, do you think she could have played D2, D1, or how do, how do the
2: levels kind of work there? I don't know, you know, I think she was she's probably a D two bubble kid. I think a lot of people might have looked at her and thought, you know, I don't know if she can get up and down the floor. I don't think she's gonna be quick enough. She's deceivingly quick. It's I always relate it to when you look at a um, an NFL lineman and you go, They're not very fast. Yeah, they are. They're extremely fast. And Hannah's quick, she's fast, she's got great footwork. Um she's she's really hard to guard. I mean, we've had people or teams send three at her uh, to try to stop her. And then she's also a great passer out of uh, traps. So um, she, she's she's one that comes around once in a lifetime, I think. I mean, she's been the heart and soul of the team. She's a great leader. Um, she's going in elementary ed. She's doing her student teaching right now. So She's going to be a great teacher, and probably she's going to want to coach too. So uh, she's uh, she's a great one, and uh, she is very hard to guard.
1: <laughs> you said once in a while. Have you ever coached a player who's dominated the competition as the last two years?
2: You know, it depends upon. You know, I used to be in the, uh, the community college system. We were D one and D two at that time, and and uh, we won eighty percent of our games and scored over ninety a game. Uh, and gave up about 50 so we had some great teams and great players it's hard to compare divisions I mean we had a lot of girls go on with full scholarships to division two schools and start not sit the bench so I hate to compare decades and 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 levels but she's gonna rank up there I know in the four-year level here in the division three at Bethany for sure she might be the goat. I'm not sure. I mean, she's uh, who else has done what she's done so far, but records are there to be broken. And so she would be the first one to congratulate anyone that would break some of her records. And I know when my daughter played here, she broke uh, my daughter's assist record. I think uh, Hannah had 12, I think it was, or 13. 12. Assists, 12. Yep. And they had a little exchange, and my daughter saying, hey, congratulations. And then at the end of the, the text messages I was reading, it said, but Hannah, you, you haven't had two triple-doubles back-to-back like I did yet. So there was a challenge there. But I think those players really respect each other.
0: How, how has she helped you? Uh, has she helped you at all in the recruiting process? I've seen that. She's with the Minnesota
2: Rise, and you've gotten some players from there. Has she helped you with that aspect as well? I think the big thing where she helps us with recruiting is on campus here. When we get a recruit uh, to come on campus and visit, uh, we have a number of our players meet uh, with them. But they all come back and say, yeah, we really enjoyed Hannah when she talked to us and she told us about this or that. So it's kind of her personality and what she does when the, when the players get on campus. And then she, she ends up staying in touch with them on all the social media uh, outlets that are there, which I don't get into because I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she does that, and um, it's, it's a great situation with, with her. She's just going to be an outstanding teacher too.
1: How much thought have you put into what the future holds for you personally as a head coach?
2: Uh, For me, I'm pretty old, so I I think I'll probably end up my coaching career here (laughs) uh, at retirement age. Uh, It's great to have an assistant coach like I do, who uh, a lot of people don't see her. She's in the background, but she does a ton. Um, I always tell our recruits and our players, you've got two head coaches here. Um, In this coming year, she becomes an associate head coach, not an assistant but, you know, uh, she does a lot of things. She takes care of the defense, all the matchups, assignments, all the substituting during the game. Uh, I'll do the, all the offensive schemes and so forth. So we kind of split the program, and she does a ton. She also does a lot of the recruiting and uh, all the social media with the recruiting and, and contacts and setting up visits and stuff like that. So I think our girls are fortunate that they have pretty much almost two head coaches that they can go to. And uh, she's the other thing I love about her. She's not what we would call a yes person. We have discussions. Well, why are you doing that? I think this is better. <laughs> and I think if you have a coach that a assistant coach that doesn't do that, it doesn't do you well as a head coach. You want someone pushing you, challenging you, asking you why. And I ask her why she does things too. <laughs> so it's it's a great situation, and uh, it'd be it's going to be great to end my career here. Uh, I know this summer um, Coach Perfus and myself will be coaching the, the Division Three national team in Brazil. Uh, we've been asked to do that. So uh, I know Hannah and Abby will be on that team and then there's a lot of other better players or whatever they pick from the, the country uh, to go over in Brazil p- to play for, I think it's we're there for 10 days. So it's going to be fun.
0: That's awesome, Coach Lyle Jones here. We'll let you go after that one. Each time we talk, I feel like time goes by fast. We're at 20 minutes already, man, but we appreciate you coming on the show.
2: I appreciate being here. It's great fun, so thanks a lot, guys. That's
0: three straight champion UMAC head coach of the women's basketball
1: team, Coach Lyle Jones. And Brock, as Lyle Jones is walking out the door from our interview, he revealed to us some information that should excite all Bethany fans. There is a good chance that next season Hannah Geistfeld will, in fact, return along with possibly a couple of other seniors. Jones said that he left the decision open to those seniors, but it sounds like there's a decent chance a couple of them will be back, including Hannah Geistfeld.
0: Look at that Bethany Vikings podcast. Come for the Source Insider Gabe stays, But hey, anyways, Hannah Geistfeld coming back next year. That'll be so exciting. Uh, possibly some more seniors, maybe Abby, maybe Natasha Young. Added on to uh, Sarah Kotke another year, Ashanti Boykin, and Lyle Jones said he has some good, uh, some good players coming in in the recruiting class. Karen Christensen coming back. So the band's back together possibly next year. Gabe, four straight titles. That would be crazy. But uh, it's been a blast covering them here this year in the short season. I look forward to next year. But that's it for the Bethany Vikings podcast. Come back next week. We'll hopefully talk about tennis a little bit. Baseball's off this week. No soccer. Volleyball possibly has two games. So it's basically uh, softball also. They'll be in action against University of St. Thomas on Thursday. And then that's the only real matchup there. So we got softball, we got tennis, and possibly volleyball as well. It'll be a little bit less of a busy weekend than we had in the past. But, again, that's it for the Bethany Vikings podcast. Come back next week. I'm Brock Aker. That's Gabe Stays. Go Vikings.